You're listening to A History of Light for the Artist by W.C. Turk, Part 3, Cave Art and the Rise of Abstraction. In 1939, archaeologist Robert Wetzel discovered the 11-inch Haldenstein Stadel, or Lion Man, in a cave northwest of Augsburg, along with other figures and bone flutes. Dating to about 36,000 BC, the Lion Man was sculpted using flint tools. It bears a human figure with a cave lion's head. To this observer, the Hollenstein Stadel appears to represent a shaman clad in a gown and wearing a lion's head rather than some primitive zoomorphic representation. That is important in gaining a respect for the intellect of those early ancestors. An intelligent understanding, if equally reverent, a reality was imperative to survival and by simple extension our physical, social, and intellectual evolution. Evidence indicates the expansion of lions into Ice Age Eurasia about 500,000 years ago. The so-called Panthera spelea is a cousin to African lions, though by about 470,000 years ago there was no further inbreeding and Panthera spelea became its own distinct species. They disappeared roughly around 13,000 years ago. Bones discovered in the Lagarma cave complex in northern Spain were radiocarbon dated to about 14,000 years ago. Ice Age European lions existed well within the range of the lion man's 36,000 year age. It is easy to imagine these powerful animals eliciting both fear and awe in Neanderthal and modern humans alike. That they occupied caves, also coveted by humans, certainly added fodder for emerging storytelling traditions. Panthera spelea is realistically represented in cave paintings in France's Chauvet Cave. There are no fangs or ferocity represented. The lions, which this author contends represents movement in flickering firelight, hold a pastoral and cinematic quality. Dating of the cave paintings is still a subject of debate. Dates range at the high end to two separate periods. The first around 34 to 32,000 years ago and again at 29 to 28,000 years ago, close to the age of the Hollenstein Stadel. The second contested estimate at around 31,000 years ago and again between 20 and 12,000 years ago, about the time Panthera spelea was nearing extinction in Europe. The lower end would be significant, belying a melancholic recollection and reverence of a creature that once dominated the subcontinent. We can start with a great and powerful predator emerging from the darkest recesses within the earth. That is a powerful metaphor in and of itself. At the older end, it might represent a mix of reverence and hubris for a species seeking to assert dominance over a great and powerful hunter represented in both nightmares and in competition for food and for shelter. But there is more concerning the Hollenstein Stadel, most especially for the evolution of art, and in particular, sculpture. Like cave paintings which would come later, the discoveries of Hollenstein Stadel instead indicate demonstrations of expertise less of a personal nature as a communal one. For a small clan whose survival depended on expertise and efficiency, economy of energy, and a return for the energy invested in an endeavor, crafting tools for hunting represented cutting-edge technology. Craftsmanship, the practice of craftsmanship as art, was foundational to our survival. 
The skills necessary to carving the Hollenstein Stadel or a flute are directly transferable to carving aerodynamic arrows, wooden utensils, and tools. It is not a difficult leap to view the evolution towards specialization, layers of innovation and discovery layered upon one another across many millennia, across thousands of generations, ultimately carried humanity to agriculture and anchored communities, but it wasn't a given. A changing climate ultimately seems to have helped guide that path. We will see how the Hollenstein Stadel, along with other prehistoric sculpture, fits among the evolution of sculpture and how artists viewed the human form. That would come later, humanity would first have to settle from its transient nature towards a more stable, sedentary culture. Just 20,000 years ago, that was hardly a given, as we've said. Even 12,000 years ago, near the decline of cave art, settled communities were hardly the norm. First, there was a planet to discover. Globalism was at the heart of who we were from those first modern humans who appeared in Africa about 350,000 years ago. Our earliest ancestor outside of Africa appears in the archaeological record in what is now Greece around 210,000 years ago. Genetic analysis indicates that find was an outlier. In September 2016, ScienceMag.org reported on several genetic surveys, including one from the University of Hawaii, Manoa in Honolulu, which offered evidence to support, quote, that a wetter climate and lower sea levels could have enticed humans to cross from Africa into the Arabian Peninsula and the Middle East during four periods, roughly around 100,000, 80,000, 55,000, and 37,000 years ago, close quote. These periods are supported in a University of Oxford UK paper published in April 2015 in the journal Geology, which offered, quote, the first dated terrestrial record from Southeast Arabia that provides evidence for increased rainfall and the expansion of vegetation during both glacial and interglacial periods and providing paleo-environmental support for multiple windows of opportunity for dispersal out of Africa during the late Pleistocene, close quote. In fits and starts, we were already on the move as a species. That movement, in no small part, was driven by change in climate and the environment. There were already inklings beginning to tie humanity to fixed settlements. We owe much of that to our friends, grass. A 2016 study titled, Dental Calculus Evidence of Gravadian Diet, and behavior at Dolny Vestanitsi and Pavlov found that while the bulk of the diet of the inhabitants of these settlements came from animals, that diet was supplemented with grass. Though a domestication of grass would come almost 20,000 years later, there was still a knowledge and harvesting of wild grasses. Furthermore, grass is a great predictor of climate and seasonal change. These climatological and seasonal markers would have proved invaluable to the success and survival of clans and communities. Dolny Vestanitsi is perhaps the first known semi-permanent settlement dating to between 30 and 26,000 years ago. It consisted of structures built from stones and mammoth bones at Dolny Vestanitsi in what is today the Czech Republic. Tucked between 1,801 foot 
or 549 meter Devon Mountain on the banks of the Thaya River, now the Vestanitsi Reservoir, artisans here gave us the Venus of Vestanitsi, and perhaps more importantly, the first sculpted image of the face of a person. It would be more than 20,000 years before we would see that level of individuality repeated again in sculpture. The Venus itself is extraordinary. Analysis performed in 2016 shows the 4.3 inch or 11 centimeter tall figure was crafted from a single piece of clay, which shows a degree of skill and patience, as well as a knowledge of the medium. Clearly the emphasis was on the buxom, obviously fertile figure. Peter Neruda, a curator at the Moravian Museum who took part in the survey, found the figure contained bits of bone, charcoal, and mammoth ivory from the site. Four notches in the figure's scalp were the size and shape of feather quills, indicating decoration with bird feathers. Like animal figures of an owl, lion, mammoth, bear, fox, and horse, the Venus was baked in a typical campfire at about 1650 degrees Fahrenheit or 900 degrees centigrade. Was she a portrait? Was she a fertility goddess? An ideal? Certainly a degree of body fat on a woman can be an essential attribute for surviving childbirth. The morphology of women in migratory and non-technological agricultural societies shows a penchant for stronger and broader thighs and hips. On the fringes of an Ice Age environment, weight would have been a benefit, especially for traveling great distances by foot or for surviving illness. There is a striking resemblance in form between the ceramic Venus of Dolny Vestanitsi and a limestone counterpart, the so-called Venus of Willendorf, discovered in 1908 in southern Austria. They were both created about the same time, about 25,000 years ago, and are roughly the same size, 4.4 inches or 11.1 centimeters. Both depict voluptuous, large-bosomed, presumably maternal women. In fact, by today's standards, they would be viewed as obese. But were the women portraying the ideal of these cultures? Did they signify a wealth ideal and a measure of beauty of motherhood? Or were they a fantasy? Moreover, do the makers of one Venus repeat that work elsewhere? With migratory routes also becoming trade and connecting routes, we can surmise the possibility the Venus perhaps held a religious slash fertility significance. Was the maker a shaman? There is a theory that art evolved from the imagery of prehistoric shamans or Shah women. The homes at Dolny Vestanitsi were arranged tightly clustered around a central fire. Whether it was a permanent settlement is not proved, though it was permanent enough perhaps ranging between North Central Europe and Southern Russia and Spain, people returned to Dolny Vestanitsi for the better part of 10,000 years or about 525 generations. To put that in perspective, from the construction of the Greek Parthenon in 447 BC to the launch in December 2021 of the James Webb Telescope is fewer than 150 generations. It was permanent enough that clothing and cloth was produced on looms. In June of 2000, the BBC reported that Professor Oleg Sofer at the University of Illinois announced finding 90 clay fragments bearing impressions of woven fibers. 
Sofer's examination revealed these Paleolithic homesteaders created a wide variety of woven articles from clothing to nets. For all of those who paint on canvas and fabric, this is close to the beginning. We will see that writing and literature grew from the art of accounting. Accounting is a way of managing ownership, a way of maintaining order among individuals, and heading off or resolving conflict. It can also lead to stratification within a society, separating those with access through writing and comprehension from those who lack that ability. The inhabitants of Dolny Vestanitsi had, it appears, a number system noted by tally marks on a bone. It is also around this period, the Gravadian period, in Europe, that saws and harpoons were invented. While inhabitants of Dolny Vestanitsi were lining woven baskets with clay to hold water, the oldest pottery and cooking vessels were being made in China. Recall that a key marker of human culture and evolution was the ability to pass along cooking skills. Around 13,000 BC to 12,700 BC, we find the, the earliest evidence for the domestication of the pig. About this time, at the end of the last glacial period, the climate begins to seesaw. Evidence supports a dramatic destabilization of the environment as the glaciers receded. Then, Around 10,800 BC, the start of the Younger Dryas period, the Earth's mean temperature suddenly cooled with the return of glacial conditions in the Northern Hemisphere. The Younger Dryas period is associated with the hypothesized collapse of global ocean currents precipitated by a sudden influx of cold water mixing with salty seawater. Scientists have hypothesized a collision with a comet may be, in part, to blame. In 2014, a layer of tiny nanodiamonds was discovered in a layer corresponding to that period. The last concentration of nanodiamonds also corresponded to an asteroid strike 66 million years ago, which led to the extinction of the dinosaurs. In 2017, further evidence for a comet strike on the Earth was found on a stone pillar called the Vulture Stone at the ancient site of Gobekli Tepe. The stone indicates a cataclysmic event in the sky dated to about 10,950 BC. Was this the record of a comet strike that altered the climate as well as the course of human history? At about 12,800 BC, a humid period across North Africa caused the Sahara Desert to become wet and fertile. Over the next several thousand years, as the desert encroached once more, fertile vegetation receded to a narrow strip of land astride the Nile River. That concentrated fertility along a great navigable river highway through the heart of Africa would spur the rise of the ancient Egyptian civilization. The evidence seems to rise from the haze of ancient prehistory. Humanity's relationship with its environment Humanity's relationship with its environment has played a significant and undeniable role in the evolution of culture and society. The domestication of pigs, sheep, and goats follows within a thousand years. The viability of maintaining sheep, in particular, is supported in the proliferation of grasslands, most especially across the Levant and eastern Anatolia, but also across Southeast Asia, China, and Japan. More than half the calories in our human diet derives from grasses. It was the great grassy savannas appearing about the same time as the rise of the mammals, which may well have encouraged our ancestors to stand upright. 
domesticated herds grazed among grasslands where humans once hunted big game. Without grass, in all of its many forms, it is unlikely Homo sapiens might exist at all. For the artist, we learn weaving from baskets and mats made from reed grasses. That became clothing and led us to linen and ultimately to canvas. Adding credence to the comet theory, a relatively quick turnaround in temperatures occurred roughly 1,300 years after the event. The Earth began to warm once more. It is important to note here that this warming took six times longer than our current warming period. Thus begins the Holocene epoch. Sometime around 9200 BC, as a settlement was being established at what is now Jericho upon a camping site previously used by Natufian hunter-gatherers, the sea level rose by 197 feet, or 60 meters, within about two centuries. That corresponds to a nearly 30-foot rise in sea level within the span of a single human lifetime. Again, it is important to note that the so-called farming revolution took place over many generations. But once it took hold, evidence indicates that it spread quickly. The catalyst for that revolution begins about 18,000 years ago as the climate begins to warm. Recent research would seem to indicate that the release of large amounts of melting freshwater ice from melting glaciers shut down ocean currents, possibly driving the release of CO2 from the southern oceans and leading to a warming trend that has occurred, though greatly accelerated over the last two centuries, to this day. Quote, We find that global temperature lags a bit behind the CO2 levels, explains paleoclimatologist Jerry Shakun, a National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration Fellow at Harvard and Columbia Universities who led the research charting ancient CO2 connections and global temperatures. CO2 was the big driver of global warming at the end of the Ice Age. Close quote. This is from an article at scientificamerican.com. The article, What Thawed the Last Ice Age? The oceans were 60 meters lower than they are today. Much of the Adriatic Sea was grassland. Massive glaciers covered large parts of North America, Northern Europe, and Russia. Beginning about 20,000 BC, the planet began to warm. It took 10,000 years for the glaciers to recede and for the climate to warm 3.5 degrees Celsius. Compare that to the rapid rise since the start of the Industrial Revolution in the late 18th century and accelerating from the end of the 19th and 20th centuries. Taking the median at 1.05 as an increase in a little bit more than two centuries, that represents nearly one-third of the warming the planet saw over a period previously of 10,000 years. Whatever the climatological reason around 10,000 BC, we find the first large-scale evidence for the harvest of wild cereal grasses such as barley and wild emmer. If you're wondering what this has to do with art, the photon, or Galileo's telescope, it's all connected. It's all about process, which is ultimately the driver of our universe, our lives, and proper Italian cooking. Without farming and settled communities, we would not have the glorious Mycenaean and Roman frescoes, the Mayan and Aztec civilizations, the Pyramids of Giza, the Great Wall of China, the Abbasid House of Wisdom, or the Renaissance. 
In a little less than a thousand years, a relatively rapid change, the first evidence of crop domestication appears. To illustrate what a rapid change that represents, consider that from the discovery of farming to the New Horizons flyby of Pluto in July of 2015 is barely 10,000 years, or about 1 20th of the percent of the time since Homo sapiens first appears in the archaeological record. Against the age of the universe, that is a breathtakingly rapid development, and yet we still dare to threaten our own existence through conflict and division. Farming centers seem to have risen independently around the world in what is now China, Southern Asia, and Sub-Saharan Africa. In truth, the region is relatively interconnected, and agri-technology might well have been shared between nomadic or semi-nomadic groups across succeeding generations. Ancient trade and migratory routes funnel rather than scatter travelers, increasing opportunities for contact and collaboration. The domestication of animals followed quickly, with the goat and then pigs and finally cattle. Anthropologists hypothesized that nomadic groups that specialize in goat herding allied with groups that specialized in wheat grasses and so forth. Each brought their own specialized expertise to the table, so to speak. In less than a thousand years' time, and perhaps as few as several centuries, farming had spread throughout the Balkans and much of Europe, as well as to the Russian steppe and Eurasia. It might have appeared incremental and virtually unnoticeable, with nomadic life gradually replaced by settled communities. But as Sam Cooke famously sang, change is going to come, and change did come. It was a process. The universe is a process, just as discovery and innovation, indeed evolution, are the result of processes. There was a moment when some distant ancestor pondered light beyond the consequence of a sunrise or a sunset, which set in motion a long history of curiosity, question, invention, and discovery. There is a view that farming in stable communities may have been detrimental to human beings. Archaeologists point to a sharp increase in degenerative diseases and a collapse in the life expectancy. It seems counterintuitive, but what did increase was the population, which meant that more children were surviving to adulthood and more elderly people survived to teach them. This new sedentary existence likewise fed an even greater diversification of duties previously not possible before. Now it was possible for one aspect of communal life to support another, such as culture and the arts. And as we have seen, culture had for almost 1.7 million years of hominid existence become the critical driver of human evolution. That is still true today. Some 1,500 years before the Egyptians built their first pyramid of Dozier at Saqqara, a new technology appears to have emerged first in southern Europe, that was to prove imperative to humanity, awakening to a rational comprehension of its place in the universe. The so-called Bronze Age brought to an end the Neolithic or Stone Age, and not because mankind ran out of rocks. Coming up in Part 4, the Bronze Age. You're listening to A History of Light for the Artist by W.C. Turk. <laughs>